Hi, and welcome back to Seeing God in the Everyday. I'm Dan James, and we've been on a little bit of a break, but we are back, and I'm so glad to be with you today, and just to hang out with you guys for a little bit, and I just wanted to let you know... um, over the last couple weeks, we took a little bit of a hiatus. We kind of uh, had to get some things squared away and straightened out. Just this whole thing that's been going on in our society, in our community, and we just decided, you know, I was going to step back a little bit, and I was going to take some time. But I really feel strongly now that it's it's time to begin again and to start doing some of the looking for God in everything and in every place and everywhere and encouraging you with some messages and encouraging you with some some words. So we are back and we are glad that we're back and we are glad that you are with us. Just as again, as a beginning here, uh, just thank you so much for supporting this podcast. If you're listening to it, if you're uh, letting other people know, and I encourage you to let other people know, um, if it's something that speaks to you and to your heart, it might speak to them as well. So just ask that you just let other people know that you also give it a, uh, a review. Uh, let people who are just coming across it through Apple iTunes or uh, Spotify or any of those other platforms that we're on, uh, if you give it a rating and you give it some feedback, it helps other people uh, choose this podcast and hopefully it will bless them and encourage them as well. And uh, also subscribe, and then every time I put a podcast up, you will be notified of that podcast, and it will uh, allow you to enjoy this community that we're building together. So again, thank you so much, and we are back into seeing God in the everyday. And uh, some things have changed over the last uh, couple months. I used to, uh, I referenced many times, I used to work on a farm. Um, I actually just gave up the farm about two months ago, and that's one of the things that has been a part of this transition, and I am no longer on that f- working on the farm, but a lot of the things that I learned on there and a lot of things that I saw uh, are definitely going to stay with me and are going to be a part of this podcast and a part of the stories that I tell and the different things that I reference as we move forward. One of the things that I, I love is the uh, taking time and looking back at what God has done in my life and what God has shown me. And it, it allows me to not just look in the past and go, oh, the days of old, but it helps me understand those things that have happened and how to apply those learnings and how to apply those things as I move forward and look forward uh, to the days to come. And that's what I kind of want to encourage you with. You know, those things that have happened in our past, that those are not things to just uh, throw away, and they're also not things to just bog us down so that we're stuck in our pasts. You know, I think one of the, the, the saddest things I hear is when people talk about the days of old and the glory days and how it was so good back then. And you know what? Yeah, there probably were some good things. There were probably some things that you're romanticizing about the things of the past. You know, when I was going through basic training, it was uh, pretty horrible, and it stunk, and it was awful. But I look back on it now, and you go, you know what? There was a lot of fun things that I did as well. Um, So if we could look at the fun things and the positive things that we're going through right now, I think we'd be surprised that the good old days are the now days. 
I think that we would be able to see the the good around us and see where God's working and also be able to live in the moment. It's very important. I believe that we're living today and not yesterday. We learn from the things of the past to help us move forward in the things of the future. One of the things of my past is I, I love music. And I grew up uh, just with music all around me. I always had music playing in the house. I always had music when I was a child. I started playing in band, started playing the trumpet when I was in fourth grade. And music was just a part of everything that I had growing up. And uh, it still is. And I tell people all the time that when I'm listening to someone talk or when I'm listening to something going on, I hear it and it's it's got a melody to it. And when I know it's right, when I know it's good, when I know it's something, I can hear the melody, the chords that and it and it draws me in. It it, it lifts me up. But when something is dissident, when something is wrong, I hear it as a, a dissident. And it's not saying that uh, you know minor key is better than major key, and so that's I'm not going to go in the theology, you know, into talking about music theory like that and stuff. Because I believe that there's a lot of great minor key stuff, and I believe there's a lot of great major key stuff. And I think that the same emotion can be achieved through both both of those keys. But there's definitely something when something's dissident, when something is off or something is just not right and you hear that and you feel it and it 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 does have that cringe it does have that thing and a lot of times you get that in music you can hear that in a lot of uh, different uh, orchestra pieces throughout the years where people wanted to make that sound that's going to just set you off set you at unease but also I hear it when people are talking when I hear someone speaking from a platform or from doing a TED Talk or a podcast or just listening to the radio uh, or music, I'm listening to the vocals and what they're saying, the words they're talking, the message they're saying. If it's wrong, to me, I can I, I feel it in my spirit. It's a dissident. It's something that's not right. It's something that it, it just... It, it throws me off and I can go, whoa, 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 that's, that wasn't right. What did they just say? And I usually, you know, jot it down or I usually look it up in scriptures and go, okay, is this what this passage of scripture actually was saying? Or is this what this person was actually saying is the facts, what they're saying? And sometimes I'm, I'm wrong. Sometimes it's because of my lack of knowledge that it gave me a distance. But a lot of times it's because that what the speaker was saying or what the person was saying was not factually true or was not theologically correct. I hear things like that. I it, it sets me off. The other thing is is that if if something's not done in a loving way, if something's not done and they're saying like how oh, we're speaking in compassion or whatever, but you hear in their tone, you hear in the words that are chosen, it just kind of goes, "Ugh," kind of sets you off a little bit and you're going, "Mm, they're not saying or they're not believing what they're saying or they're they're saying something even though they're using kind words the right words what they're saying and how they're saying it and the way they're saying it is coming across very dissident it's coming across very very wrong it made me start to think about this and how i see things around me every day like this and 
one of the things, like I said, when I was growing up, I was in band, and we always go to band festival. Every year, we would go to county festival, district festival, and state festival. And um, our band director, because we would be there multiple days, would always give us some assignments of going and listening to other bands, and then we would have to critique them. We would have to, you know, did that, you know, tempo, did they stay, you know, pitch, things like that. Simple things. Well, there was this one day, and I was listening to the band, and they were playing great, and they sounded really good, and they were just going and going, and this, there was just emotion that was being brought up with the, with the, um, the, the horns, and it was just, it was there. Well, all of a sudden, the percussionist goes to crash the cymbals. But what happened was, is when he crashed the cymbals, one of the straps broke in his hand. So the cymbal crashes like it's supposed to, and then falls to the ground and starts bouncing on the stage and rolling on the stage, which, of course, everyone in the auditorium can hear. It's just this loud, clanging cymbal. It's just this crash that doesn't belong. And the whole rest of the band is this beautiful, melodious, um, and inspiring music. And then all of a sudden, there's just this painful crash that happens. It made me think about this story the other day when I was looking up at, at and I was looking at this passage of scripture and I was going, you know what? That's what that was. And I, I want to read to you because I also have a, another story here on this, but I want to read to you First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse one. And he's, this is Paul. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church and he's explaining gifts in giftings and how the Holy Spirit gives us gifts and how that there are different gifts for different times and different gifts for different uh, moments and different people and but everyone receives gifts from the Holy Spirit and he's explaining this and he's going through this well right in the middle of him talking about all these gifts he stops and goes and talks about love and he says this if I speak starting in verse uh, chapter 13 verse 1 if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, speaking in tongues, but do not have love. I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And I think about that verse and I and I was like, ah, that doesn't make any sense. Why are you talking about gifts? Why are you talking about the importance of everyone having a gift? And then you say, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but not but do not have love, I'm like a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And it makes me think of that band. And they were playing this beautiful music. They were all together. They were just leading and just filling up that auditorium with glorious music, invoking emotion and drawing us on a journey. And then all of a sudden, that symbol fell to the ground. And in an instant, everything changed. There was no longer this beautiful music there was now laughter. There was now people getting up and going, oh, ouch. There was actually some yipes and some yells in the audience as they were frightened and scared because it was so startling. When we have these gifts and when the church is operating in these giftings, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful music. It's It leads people. It inspires people. It draws emotion. It it lends people on a journey. But if there's no love, it's like that symbol crashing to the ground. And it makes me think of a story in my own life. There was a time when I was um, working at a church. 
And in this church, um, I was brought into a meeting. In this meeting, there were some things that were happening. Things were I was being confronted with some of the stuff that I had done and had been with with uh, some of the teenagers and stuff. And um, none of it was wrong or or bad or anything. Um, but it was just things I did, didn't like. I was uh, not treating the property with, uh, you know, typical youth minister stuff. You know, I was not treating it with respect and things like that. And but it just it, it bothered me. So in the middle of all of this, I, I, I get up and I get angry and I start looking at all these different men that are bringing these charges, quote unquote, against me. And I start just calling them out. And I'm using a prophetic gift, a gift of knowledge, and I'm just calling it out. And I'm saying this to them, and I'm trying to, I am using a God-given gift, but there was no love in it at all. There was no love. And what I was doing was just laying waste to people. I was hurting people. I was using the gift that God had given me to hurt other people. And there was no love at all. And in that moment, It was like a clanging symbol. It was like that symbol falling to the ground and breaking. You know, since then, I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot. And I look back on that day, and I'm ashamed of it. But I don't live in that shame. I live as that was a thing that I learned. I learned that this gift that God had given me was so precious, was so powerful, I needed to make sure that I knew what I was doing with it. And I also need to make sure that I followed what Paul was saying here and that I was going to use it in love. Because it it does no good to have this gift that God gave me if all I'm going to do is just use it for my own good. Because, see, Paul writes to the church in Corinthians and says that the gifts are given for the encouragement of others. This thing that I was given was to encourage, was to lift up, was to add to the rest of the band to make that beautiful music. But what happened was, is I was using it for myself. It continues. If you keep reading the, the verse there, it, keep, it continues. It says this, And if, in verse 2, And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Now, see, this is one of those situations here where I stop and I look and I start listening and going, God, you know, forgive me, but thank you for opening my eyes to see what you have. Because, see, you've given me a purpose. You lifted me up out of the mire and clay. Your son died for my sins. And then you set me and gave me a purpose and a meaning. And you gave me a gift to serve the rest of the body. But if I do all of those things without love, if I do all of those things, all of that gifting, if I take all of that stuff, I'm nothing. And that's a sad place to be. And I know that there might be many that are listening to this podcast right now and they're going, gosh, oh my gosh, I'm right there. I'm right there. I get so angry and I, and I use my gifting for, for something that is f- for myself or I don't use it in love. Well, let me encourage you because you know what? There's no sin that Jesus did not die on the cross for. There is no forgiveness that runs out. The Father is there waiting for you. He's waiting for you to say, I'm sorry, forgive me. But then you know what? He's also there to encourage you. See, God gave me that gift, a prophetic gift, 
to encourage those, to lift up the body, to be a part of that beautiful band, to make beautiful music together. And that's what I do with it now. I want to make sure that every time when I step into a situation where I'm going to be using that prophetic gift or I have some knowledge or I have something that comes to mind where I know it's God telling me to speak it, even if it's something that's harsh, even if it's something that's hard, that I speak it in love, that I speak it in a way that the person I'm speaking to is going to be drawn in, they're going to be inspired, they're going to be lifted up, just like that band, when all that band is playing together, when everybody's playing all at once, and it is just beautiful, and it lifts you up, and it encourages you, and it inspires you, that's what my prophetic gift is for. It's to inspire, to lift up, to encourage, even if it's something hard, even if it's something difficult, the way I present it, the way I play my instrument is in a way that's going to lift them up, that inspires them. Even if it's in a minor chord, even if it's in a minor key, I'm going to play in a way that's going to inspire and to encourage. You know, it's, it's interesting because when you're listening to music, and, and you're listening to some music as it's building and building and building. One of the coolest things is that symbol. When you hear that symbol just and just grow and get bigger and bigger and then it finally goes boom. It's like power and it's incredible. Our gifts need to be used in a way that's in love. We can still say the hard things. You know, when I think of what Jesus told the woman at the well, he looked at her and he told her truth. He said straight up, you know what? This isn't your husband. You know what? Because you have five husbands. And the man that you're staying with now is not your husband. He spoke truth, but he did it in love. You know, everybody says that, oh, Jesus just let sin go. No, 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 no. He called it out. He called it out, and he mentioned it, and he said, I, you know, the, the woman who has been dragged out in front for adultery, the men drag her out, throw her in her middle, and say, Jesus, what are you going to do with her? She was caught in adultery. And he says, whoever has no sin, throw the first stone. Well, they all had sin, so none of them could throw the first stone. But what's usually left out of that story is that he goes to the girl. He goes, where are your accusers? Because they've all gone. The only one left to accuse her is Jesus, the only one who doesn't have any sin. And you know what he tells her? Go and sin no more. You were caught. You were living in sin. That was true. And I can be the accuser, but I'm going to show you grace, but I'm going to tell you to go and sin no more. And that's how we need to start living our lives. We need to start looking at this world in a way that we can tell the hard things and say the hard things in truth, but do it in love. That's how we're going to make a difference. You know, we're not going to make a difference. I'm going to say it. We're not going to make a difference in voting in the right politician. We're not going to make the difference by passing the right law. That That's not going to make a difference. What's going to make a difference is that we use the gifts that God gave us. And we speak to people in love. Doesn't mean we let their sin go. 
doesn't mean we start sinning ourselves and condoning sin. But when we address people, we ask them and tell them, go and sin no more. And we can do it in love. We can do it in compassion. And I'm telling you, if the church does this, it would be like an orchestra all over the world. This beautiful, beautiful orchestra making beautiful music. And let me tell you, when beautiful music is played, people listen. People are drawn to that. People want that. But unfortunately, there's too many people running around clanging cymbals. So let's make sure we're not clanging the cymbals. Let's make sure that we're speaking to people in love. That we're using the gifts that God gave us. The gifts that the Holy Spirit provides to us. And use them in love. Well, I hope you liked this story this week. I've been thinking about this because I've been wanting to encourage everyone. And I've been wanting to figure, you know, I'm trying to figure out my mind how I was going to do it. And speak on it. Because, um... I want to start speaking love to people. I want to start looking at the world the way God does. I want to start seeing the world through grace and mercy. But I also want to start seeing the world the way he does and see the sin that's there and to protect those who need protection and to call out sin and to tell those that need to stop sinning to stop. And we can do it in love. Jesus did it. We just need to do it the way he did it. Not try to reinvent the wheels, they say. So guys, thank you so much for this week. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and listening. And, um, you know, this is a little bit shorter podcast, but we're going to get back into it in the weeks to come. And uh, I'm so glad to be back. I'm glad that you're with me. And uh, thanks a lot. So, you know what? As you're looking around this week, look for where God is. Look for what God is doing. Step out. Be bold. Let people know that Jesus died for them, that God loves them. He has something for them. He has an incredible life for them, but they just need to see him in their lives. So love you guys, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.